Ready? Yes. Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. What just happened there? You did like... <laughs> <laughs> I breathed in a lot, and then I realized I breathed in too much, and it was starting to hurt, so I needed to get more of it out of those talking. <laughs> okay. I'm Batman, by the way, but you knew that. Yep. Unless uh, you're new, in which case, welcome. This is what we do. This is the thing. Uh, Matt, what should people check out? Um... Twitter, I guess. Twitter. Yeah. Keep forgetting to actually post things on Twitter. Yeah. We... I gave up on the uh, one follower equals one tweet thing because we don't get enough followers. So yep. It's kind you of have self- failed us. You have failed us. You've all failed us. It's very disappointing. Yeah. But yeah. Check us out on Twitter. We're there. Um, if you need to post a uh, short opinion with no subtlety or nuance or anything interesting to say, do it there. Yep. That's uh. Matt, what you been up to in the past two weeks? Um, Welcome back. All right. To well, both of us. Interestingly. To the, the internet. First, the first week after and we the second week. we did a backup week. episode. Yeah, yes. Because we is... forgot, to, forgot to record we last straight week. straight up forgot to record. We literally straight up <laughs> forgot. <laughs> like, we were like, it was like Friday or something, and we were like, hey, we'll record tomorrow. Yep. And then tomorrow completely passed, and it was Sunday yep. and in the, in our service. Yep. Like in the church service, that we I like walked up to Matt, and I was like, so, uh. Doing a backup episode today, huh? He's like, yeah, I'll, go, I'll edit it when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Yep. We will not much. begin to drop the ball on these things. Yep. This, that is how it starts, but uh, we're going to get some more backup episodes recorded and yep. focus we'll, we'll get on We'll this. get on it. We'll get on it. Anyway. Anyway. After my obscene interruption. After your obscene interruption. Uh, so it's it kind of interesting. The two weeks that we've had, kind of the each one had its own theme. So uh, the first week was uh things that i've been up to were things that demonstrate the risks of having a singular creative vision okay so uh, i finished the living weapon iron fist storyline uh-huh keep which... talking i'm gonna go turn on the okay. fan because i am sweaty okay uh it's very interesting because it's one guy that does the entire comic book so he does the writing and the penciling and the inking and the, all the art and everything that just this one guy way too much work it's a lot of work. And I mean, like, technically speaking, it's a really solid book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story actually is pretty interesting and has a lot of cool stuff going for it. But you kind of realize that he had no idea where this is going when you realize at the end of the second last issue that the climactic fight is going to be a Transformer versus a Fire God that didn't exist, basically, for the first 10 issues of a 12-issue run. Oh. Yeah, you and then, like, I, there's, like, an interview with him in the back, like, a little one-page thing. And he's like, yeah, I started this, and I basically kind of knew what, like, the theme was, but I had no idea where the story was going to go. You can kind of tell. Yeah. So, kind of feels like he should have had someone there also to bounce ideas off of. Or yeah. Or try to slim things down. Because there's definitely an interesting story in there, but he just doesn't know where he's going with it. And there's it goes a benefit to some oversight. Yeah. Having fresh eyes look at something is definitely helpful. Speaking of... I also finished Yellowstone first season. Oh, hey. So yep. you mean they finished? They finished it, and I <laughs> finished watching yeah. the first season. Um, which, again, it's basically a singular vision. Uh, there's one other person credited as a writer, but every episode is directed and screenplay is written by Taylor Sheridan, who I've talked about a lot. He's a uh, Wind River and Hell or High Water guy. Okay. Um, and... As much as I love, like, individual scenes and individual episodes, on a whole, it's kind of disappointing. Aw. Yeah. It never really pulls together into a single cohesive plot, which I think would be fine 
if the entire thing were sort of super brooding and meditative, which a lot of individual moments are. It's just kind of people sitting and talking philosophically yeah. in a cool Western setting, and there's interesting themes going on and stuff. And that would be fun. That would be interesting on its own, although not to a huge viewership, I suspect. But the problem is, you can tell he felt like he needed to inject some drama, but the main plot, in so much as there is one, doesn't do that on its own. And so his way of doing that is to just introduce sort of random freak accidents and random violence, hmm. which is really cool the first Inorganic. couple of times it happens. Yeah. But it starts to feel artificial when a woman riding out to investigate the scene of a freak accident falls off her horse and has a freak accident. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to feel like, okay, maybe you're just doing this because you needed to introduce some tension somehow. Yeah. And so it ends up obfuscating and none of the characters or subplots that are actually really interesting get fleshed out as much as they should be. And that's a really good thing for me to hear you say because I now I need to start working on trying to get drama introduced in Ross, allow the plot to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to okay. keep that in mind yeah. because I really had no... Into, when it comes to like the intrigue of that book, mm-hmm. y- you're not going to fucking get it until like midway through the second volume. So right. I need to start working on that. <laughs> Yikes! Yep. Noted. <laughs> yep. It's um I'm still really looking forward to season two, which is on the table. Uh it's like they're officially producing it. Okay. Um if it keeps doing what it's doing, it's gonna be a huge letdown. But this like the first season felt like a really great first episode or two to okay. a good show. There's a lot of disparate things going on that should pull together into something interesting eventually. So if it starts to do that, it'll be a great show. Okay. If not, it'll be a disappointment. All right. Okay. Um, you can do some of your stuff, and then I'll do the rest of mine. Uh, I have been reading... Oh, shit. What have I been reading? I read Injection. Mm-hmm. Reading, been reading Injection. I'm halfway through the book, or third book. Mm-hmm. Again, this is another one of those things that Matt recommended, so I started reading. So mm-hmm. if you want to know what it's about more from a more knowledgeable face... Go back to whatever episode that was that he recommended. Basically, whatever. a bunch of people did a did a thing, and like fucked up the world, and now it's like, oh god, they, maybe we shouldn't have did that. <laughs> they, they smashed together a super powered AI and a ghost and let it loose in the universe. Yep, and it's super fucking intra- interesting, and yeah. it it kind of throws some right hooks at you out of nowhere. Oh yeah, but like it's not like plot changing right hooks right it's like some like hey here's this person oh side note that fucker eats people yep anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so you're, so you're enjoying it though oh my god it's so good yeah i really like it yeah it's it's definitely i'm really glad you let me or you let me keep the first volume mm-hmm. because of amazon gave you an additional first volume yep, pretty much so now i've got it sitting there i've got first volume of that first volume of saga and four the first four volumes of uh, east of west mm-hmm. sitting on my shelf to remind me that i need to go back and read the rest of it okay um and also all four volumes of killer be killed right foreshadowing <laughs> sitting on my shelf because i read those um and to read more and to give to people to read because yes. i need we need to spread the word more yes, about that uh yeah that's pretty much what i've been at school started so i've been yep. You also read the first volume of Manhattan Projects, right? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, that one's like, hey, look, this is kind of an interesting, hey, what if this were kind of the case? Oh, look, fucking what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you guys that big twist at like the very, not at the very end. 
It just no. It's like it's like an yeah. exponential thing, right? It's like oh, it's getting kind of weird. Whoa, this is really weird. And like the last few pages, just like what? Yep. What? It takes <laughs> it takes about four sharp left turns, and instead of ending up going back the same direction it was going, it ends up in a completely different dimension. And basically. about yeah, at about the third turn, it was just like <laughs> oh hey, we're just gonna go up a couple dimensions, and you're gonna be where? When? Yep. You're gonna be in which? Okay, hang on. What is it? Third we out. Fourth fourth dimension is time. Fifth dimension is. Uh, if you were to see a, t- uh, okay, you're, if you were, if you could see the fourth dimension, mm-hmm. which we can't, mm-hmm. you would see an entirety of time if it were linear. Right. If you were in the fifth dimension, you could see all parallel times of that. Right. Meaning like any potential differentiation from that. Right. So like imagine if you were looking at a line that was curving, but you lived in the second dimension. Never mind. This it's, is too much physics. It's too much physics. <laughs> I, I understand the concept of the dimensions. So it's like different, it's different times and then yeah. it goes different realities. Right. So I can, under, I can kind of conceivably understand through the sixth dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we ended up in the fifth dimension. Pretty much. Because it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Did you like it though? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Not as much as I liked I think of the image stuff, it's mm-hmm. at the bottom of what I've read so far. Uh, it's right above Descender. Okay. Descender, I couldn't really finish the first volume because I wasn't attached to it as much. Mm-hmm. But it's not as good as the other things I've read. I will agree with that. But it's still there. Yeah. And I'll still keep I'll keep it in mind. It's interesting. I I really like the art in it. Yes. It's it's. It has of... a lot of color motif right. things that help. Yeah. Story wise. Yeah. That I like. Yep. Uh, I think that's all I've been up to. All right. If I think of something else, well, you've got your second okay. batch. Yep. And then this week, or actually this day, has been starting new stuff. So, uh, Ozark Season 2 dropped today. Okay. So, I watched the first episode of that. Uh, I have kind of realized that it's very much just Netflix is trying to imitate Breaking Bad. It's like they take a sort of normal suburban family, but thrust them into the world of crime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of plot deals, details are very different. Um, and I guess it's a good thing that I didn't realize it because it, like, it's very clearly different. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know it's sort of a straightforward plot. I mean, not straightforward. It's, it's convoluted, but like there's nothing in the plot that, immediately lends itself to being visually interesting and so like breaking bad they find a lot of interesting camera angles and yeah uh, directions and stuff to keep it exciting uh so it's it's good it's weird it almost feels like it's accidentally good like the okay. person who made it didn't really know what they were doing but somehow they did it right it's like super artistic and stuff not even it just it almost feels clumsy but it just it actually works and it's legitimately a really good show okay so I don't know. I'll keep you apprised. I'll probably get through season two within a couple weeks. Okay. Uh, the other new thing was the Amazon Jack Ryan show that dropped today. Shit, I need to see that. Yeah, with John Krasinski. Ah! I just watched the first episode like a couple hours ago. Okay. It's really good. Um, I, it seems really good. And John Krasinski is amazing. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's basically, this one's like kind of setting up what's going to happen. Uh, but fair warning, it's like really gory really yeah all right like probably as gory as game of thrones ever gets good god yeah it is bloody all right i dig so, it yep 
but it's it's interesting i like that they're not afraid to go in on sort of the behind the scenes working the uh-huh. kind of john lacar here's what spies actually do they sort of just pour through reports and look yeah. at financial transactions that's how that's where jack ryan starts in this one he's uh-huh. um a phd in economics and so he's working for the so that's CIA. why you like it so much yeah exactly uh no but he starts out basically as an analyst just like looking through lists of transactions trying to red flag anything that seems odd mm-hmm. and so but it it escalates into action stuff eventually and cool yeah it's really good i'm really looking forward to watching I'm the rest of that watch that at some point all right uh i couldn't think of anything else okay that i've been up to did you start season six of game of thrones i have not oh you said you were going to like three times i know but school's a bitch <laughs> yeah i might maybe this week or next week okay see like right now it's it's hard to get back into it because i'm in a season break right so like there is a part of me that's just like i mean you know that other people had to wait like a year yeah so like you can wait <laughs> yeah big boy uh news? news well before we talk about news i just want to put this out here i want to start trying to say this at the beginning so people because okay. people definitely tone out that tone tune out at the very end oh yeah uh next week we're going to talk about movies or scenes or things where cameramen are the real stars mm-hmm. uh we're gonna have a guest mm-hmm. john andrewson that's not his name that's not his name andrew johnson uh he's my roommate and he's super fucking cool yep. and he is a cameraman he i he's he's still in college for it so he's been doing a lot of internships so he's had a whole bunch of different titles but mm-hmm. basically he knows a lot about that kind of yeah. stuff so he's our insider he's our in when we want to get tickets to the oscars and stuff he basically. knows he is friends with the guy who played the who played fuck the main guy in recess i can't remember his name i don't think i ever watched full episode uh, that, he so. also he also is friends with the guy the the dude from mean girls yeah Barrett will... No, something Barrett. I don't know. Barrett something. Something. It's a Barrett. Somewhere <laughs> around there. Yeah. Yep. So, we'll have him. He's a guest next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys should absolutely let us know where you're like... If you're like watching a movie or something, and you're like, okay, I know the I know the, act, the actors are doing something, but holy shit, that camera person is limber. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of candidates already. Yep. I've got several. Yep. But... Yeah, that'll be fun. That's next week. So if you have any ideas for... Presuming we don't forget to record again. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have any ideas for scenes where you are just really impressed by the camera work or any fun stories about cameramen you know from Hollywood history, just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Gmail. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. That's a weird... I mean, it'd be a weird way to do it. Like comment on one of our pictures yeah. facebook or gmail is probably gonna be the best honestly that'd be a kind of funny way to do it if you just like <laughs> want to fuck with us just, just comment on one of our instagram pictures one of your comments yep <laughs> uh okay news news i have like one thing okay i have a fair few things i'll start with the two things that i have in all caps which are both trailers okay. uh man in the high castle season three. Oh shit Come on! Yep. Still have to finish season one. <laughs> yeah. There's too many shows. Yep. We need to start truncating how many shows there are. Yeah. Just, like, killed some directors. Yeah. And producers just, like, whack them out. I, I, well, we could probably do it just by knocking down, like, the global TV infrastructure. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. so we just need to blow up a few satellites and yeah. cut a bunch of cables. It should be fine. Yeah. Okay. A little weekend we'll terrorism that. campaign. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the internet. If that happens, that wasn't us. <laughs> God, That's watch that exactly who week. someone who was us would say. What? Yep. 
<laughs> we're going with it but yeah man in the high castle season three it's coming back uh trailer Shocker. did not give a lot away it was just a lot of little quick flashes here's all the characters you know and love they're going to be doing new and exciting things this season oh good but it's a great show so excited for that all right uh the other one finally true detective season three you don't really know what that is nope so uh it's a hbo it's a crime anthology show so each season is its own self-contained story oh that's right you've talked about this Yeah. yeah uh the first season is about the best tv ever made it's I feel like no. you've started to say that about a lot of things. Actually, though. You, like, leaned into the mic for that one. I know. Shit, I have to edit this one, don't I? <laughs> I'll make you edit this. Fair. Um, no, the first know. the first season is uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are detectives in Louisiana. All right. And there's satanic cults and stuff. All right. Absolutely brilliant. There's, like, a... Uh, the the climax of the middle of the season sort of is like this f- six minute long take through a bunch of action scenes and insane stuff so good season two is solid um it's a lot harder to get into i think but it has a lot going for it if you can you got a face over there god damn it. i just i i, I want to say what happened you said matthew mcconaughey and the next three words out of my mouth were all right all right all right you completely missed that, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't said anything. I, I was uh, I was grinning too much. I was trying to stop the grin so you wouldn't ask me about it, so that it would just go completely unnoticed, and some people might might like, catch it. Oh, but we well. don't have enough listeners to catch that kind of thing. So there right. it is. I okay. did it. I snuck in an all right, all right, all right. After I heard nothing, maybe I'll edit it out. Fuck you. Not I'm editing right, this right. one. Okay. Not the all right, all right, all right. Just the. Oh, no, I'm editing this one. It's better to have it in there now. Okay, all right. We interrupted everything Anyway, (laughs) uh, season three, speaking of Ozark, it looks like it's set in the Ozarks um, with Mahershala Ali as the main, the titular detective, who is true. And I am super excited because this has historically been a really well-made and good show. And because finally we get to have Mahershala Ali just be the lead in something and let him act his balls off. Preferably not. Preferably not literally. <laughs> uh, nah, dude is a fantastic actor, and I want to see him. Isn't get he more Muhammad stuff. Ali's son? I don't think so. I feel like I heard like. Doesn't he have a son? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The M Ali kind of just says like, "Hey, they're related." Does it? No. I don't know things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's a really good actor, and he's gotten a lot of like great supporting roles over the past five years or so so it's really nice to get him what else an actual lead stuff he was in moonlight and hunger games and house of cards and half a dozen other things that are slipping my memory okay but yeah all right yep so those were the two that i had in all caps okay um uh dc universe is dropping on september 15th which also happens to be bat uh national batman day uh i've got a hangnail on my toe which is fucking weird and i'm hmm. it hurts uh and breaking news ladies and gentlemen also i want to continue my rant about how much i don't really like kevin hart kevin hart kevin smith kevin hart either it's kind of irritating he's all right it's pence i don't have a huge beef with him but kevin hart like it's just smith smith fuck you <laughs> uh <laughs> Like, 
I I watched Clerks. There's another thing that I've been oh, up to. I watched yep. Clerks, and I, I wasn't totally fond of it. Okay. Like, it was all right. Um, but they had him do the, like, uh, DC Universe thing. Uh, and it's like, why don't they have someone who, like, actually... Well, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Yep. <laughs> Continuing on. Continuing on. <laughs> Uh, speaking of DC and DC Universe, Alec Baldwin was cast and then dropped out of the <laughs> Joker movie. <laughs> okay, about three days. So, real quick, there was a there was really fast news that happened in all of that. Yeah. So basically, they were like, "Hey, Alec Baldwin is cast. Alec Baldwin is cast as uh, Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. and then hey, Thomas Wayne is going to be like a 1980s uh, Donald Trump. Hey, to- uh, hey, Alec Baldwin left the role." Alec Baldwin's like, hey, it wasn't going to be like a Trump thing. Just like, it was like two days <laughs> yeah. where it was just like, hey, it's just like, it was a, it was a full story arc on its own. Yep. But no, when I found it, before he announced that, or he said that it wasn't like a Donald Trump thing. When I found out it was a Donald Trump thing, I threw my phone and pitched a solid five minute hissy fit about it. It was delightful. Because that is not who Thomas Wayne is. <laughs> yeah, and it no. was fucking enraging. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. So normal, that happened. Normal week for DC. Yep. Also... Tangentially speaking of DC, HBO has officially ordered a full first season of the Watchmen series that they're doing. Right. Um, That happened. Yeah. That was to be expected, but um, by all accounts, they are really excited about this. Mm -hmm. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of superheroes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I thought we were done talking about, is officially on hold. Yeah, it is. Wait till Disney gets its shit together and realizes. Well, I think they realize they got played. Yeah, and they have no idea like what they're gonna do now. Yeah, I I think at this point it just makes it worse if they hire him back. Yeah, but I think it makes it worse regardless of what they do. They just need to choose their pick their poison. Yeah, I, I think they've I think they've definitely committed to not rehiring him, and I think that's the right choice. Although it was the wrong choice in the first place. Yep, that's what I think. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects the movie moving forwards there's talk about it having a reasonably substantial impact on the plot of avengers 4 which is still doing reshoots so oh wait no avengers 3 comes out before after or uh guardian 3 comes out after yeah yeah so like right but if there's not going to be a guardians 3 which oh they need to like reshoot be, things then that... maybe they just add a couple of scenes where it's like oh yeah guardians are all dead they're staying that way <laughs> yeah that's too bad. Oh, well. Sure loved them. Um, yeah, you did. They were your favorite. Yep. They were the favorite thing ever yeah, for you. I think the second one's pretty good. All right. Um, speaking of uh, things that are on hold, uh, Bond 25. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, the director is off because of creative differences. Yep. Apparently with Daniel Craig, which and they... kind of annoys me that the star should have that much power. Yeah. But also, at the same time, he's been on it for a long time, so... Yeah, and there's also been, like, talk around who's going to be the next James Bond, and it was, like, Idris Elba, and then Idris Elba's like, not definitely fucking not. Yeah. And then everyone's like, people are freaking out. There's, like, people who saying James Bond can't be black, and it's just like, you're a racist, and mm-hmm. then stuff like that. What's actually funny, this is crazy, in Injection, there's a line about that, about right. Idris Elba being James Bond. Yeah. yeah, There's, like, a thing where they're like... They'll never let a a black woman be uh, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is funny because they're making woman right. Doctor Who. And then a black guy was like, I understand what you mean. They're never going to let Idris Elba be James Bond. Right. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> true. Yeah. I think I, I think they would let him. It's oh, just yeah, no, they he's would. not interested. He's not, he doesn't want to. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. We can get a, we'll see. They're, they're looking John at. John Boyega. I, like I would a, not be opposed to John Boyega. He's not like James Bond charming, though. He's well, kind of like a cute we've seen him. Almost? We've seen him in one role. Yeah. Like, I imagine that he has some range. I haven't, I mean, we haven't gotten to see much of it, but yeah. I, I, I'm i not opposed to the idea. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. How about Mahershala Ali for James Bond? I he's not British, but... I don't know what he... I don't. I haven't seen him. He's intensely charming, so okay. there's that. Uh, what about I, the guy who played Cottonmouth? That's Mahershala Ali. Oh, that's him? That guy, yeah. Fuck yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, like, I felt like I, I felt like I knew that that was him, uh-huh. but then you didn't say it. I didn't think of it, and I was just like, okay, that must not have been him. But yep. if that's him, yes. Only question is if he can do a British accent. Why does James Bond have to be British? Because that's actually consistent with his origins. He is Scottish, but it, it, he doesn't have to be black. But it's, it's important to him that he's Scottish, and like the, the whole thing is set in, in Britain, and it deals with like British patriotism, and it's a very British story. All right. uh so apparently they've approached some new options for directors uh jean-marc valet who i hadn't heard of but has some solid hbo credits under his belt uh has been approached and is apparently the current front runner if he doesn't have a scheduling conflict which is apparently in question also apparently edgar wright is in serious talks which is interesting interesting i would really love to see that just kind of out of curiosity. But kind of like a side thing. Kind of like a DZ Black Label thing where it's like if it goes wrong, it's not part of continuity. Well, I don't think it would go wrong because I think he's one of the most talented living filmmakers. But like for that genre though. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. It, well, it would really clash with the previous Clay, Craig Bonds in yeah. terms of tone. Probably. Maybe. Unless he was just like, you know what? I mean, Let's Zack Snyder this shit. He could... I mean, he can probably do whatever he wants. Slap He's... some, slap some, lose your saturation in there. Mm-hmm. Slap some gray tints over the face. Yep. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll keep looking at that as that keeps moving forward. All right. Uh, but to top it off with some good news, A Quiet Place 2 officially has a release date. Okay. Yep. And I am still not entirely certain that that needs a sequel. I am entirely certain it doesn't, but I'm also entirely certain that since they've got John Krasinski back, they know what they're doing and have an actual idea that's going to be yeah. workable. So Okay. I'm pretty confident in that. I will reserve my judgment on that yep. one. The release date, I don't remember the month, but it's sometime in 2020. Okay, so it's a while. Yeah. Good. Take your yeah. time. They're, yeah. Anything um, else? That, I think, is all I have. All right. All right. So, kill or be killed. So, kill or be killed. Uh, we're just going to preface this right here. Um, we talked about it last week. If you haven't listened, or haven't read, listen, if you haven't read it, don't listen to this because we're just going to go full spoilers and there's a Pretty lot much. of fucking twists and turns in this. Mm-hmm. Um, highly fucking recommend it. Yep. Uh, it's just really good. Do you want to give a very short explanation for people who haven't read it? Uh, for people who haven't read it, uh, there is a kid. 
He's grad Threw student. an entire blank on his name. Dylan. Dylan. Jesus Christ. I have notes on who I want him cast in the movie version. So. Okay. Uh, so you got Dylan who he has a friend that he has a crush on and she's fucking his roommate and he's like, ah, uh, everything sucks and I hate my life. And then he tries to jump off a building, but then he ran. It does kind of like a comedic thing where he hits like 18 different like clotheslines and mm-hmm. roof curtains or roof uh, or over the like canopy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yep. And lands, just breaks his arm, and then he's like, how the, how what? And then he, like, gets a vision, and this demon's like, hey, yo, so, uh, I saved your life, bitch. You, uh, you now owe me rent, and rent (laughs) equals two dollars and a soul (laughs) every month. Uh, so basically he has to kill somebody, kill a bad person every month, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to stay alive. Uh, this stuff's not really super plot twisty, but he tries to stop and then he gets like really fucking sick and the demon's like, yeah. Hey, you're going to kill someone. You got one day left. Bro. This is all like the first issue basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting. There's a lot of kind of like he gets mixed up and shit and then mm-hmm. like a whole lot of back and forth. It's like, is he actually mentally ill or is like, this is actually happening. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. And then there's the detective who is super charming and like, Really, I like her a lot. Okay, good. That justifies my left field casting choice for her. Okay. Which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, and she is trying to figure out what's going on because there's a series of murders that happen randomly. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's the yep. story. And it's it's, called, it's Ed Brubaker, who mm-hmm. I, like, right behind Alan Moore, will probably put him as, like, the second best okay. comic writer of all time. Um, he managed to make an entire uh, 120 some odd uh captain america run without captain america Mm -hmm. and made it one of the best runs there was uh and yeah 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 fucking recommend it i have all four so if you know me and (laughs) i trust you i will let you read them yes it's um it's also probably a great jumping off place for people who aren't usually that interested in comics because it's very not comic booky. It's very grounded. It's much more noir and uh crime drama y and it's very self contained. Yep. Not very mythological. No, not at all. Like everything it's it's completely self contained. Yeah. There's no extended universe that you have to worry about. It yep. is literally just you read the twenty issues and you've got it all. Yep. Yeah. Nothing weird to understand. Doesn't get too comic booky. And Matt, remember when you said you were going to try to like spread out reading them issue by issue? Yep. And then you didn't? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Preston loaned me the first three volumes and uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to pace myself. And it took me about three days. <laughs> yep. You you binged the first one in the first day. Yep. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop myself. I stopped myself. And then I was a couple days later, I was lying awake and I was like, okay, you know what? I can see it on the shelf from where I'm lying. I'm going to get up. I'm going to read one issue and then go back to bed. I got up and read the entire second and third volumes. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens with that book. Like, it, it is. It, yeah. We cannot overstate how good this series is. Yep. It is literally my favorite series of all time. High praise. Like, and I read a lot of comics, guys. <laughs> In case you hadn't caught on at this point. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so anyway. so we're going to start this first one with just kind of like talking about it. Yep. Uh, what, what we kind of liked about it, what we didn't like about it, which is going to be such a short section. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to get into, like, for people who haven't known this, they are making a movie. Yes. Uh, it's not really news heavy with it. 
it's just kind of out there that it's got to right. get made. Yeah. Who's producing it? I uh, don't know who's producing. They have a director attached. Oh, they do? Yes. Oh, that's... Wait, really? Yes. I, uh, we haven't heard anything on the project in about eight months, so it's entirely possible that things will get reshuffled. Yeah. But there is actually someone attached right now. Do they, did they announce who it is? Yes. Who is it? Uh, Chad Stahelski, who's one of the John Wick guys. Oh, that's right. We've talked about that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, talk so, about that a bit. Uh, so, let's start with, like... The fuck do you think the deal was? <laughs> okay. Because it's really ambiguous. It is pretty ambiguous. Like, they end it, and you're still like, so... Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um. So, my interpretation pretty much throughout was that this was just a really bitter, mentally ill guy who was finding a, a way to justify and externalize an excuse for lashing out. Okay. Um. I never found anything that strongly contradicted that vision until I read something Ed Brubaker said about it, which is where he said, um, yeah, this is kind of me finding a way to lash out at the world for all these injustices and terrible things that are going on. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought this was almost like a parody, like this is a, a guy with a lot of problems and a really messed up worldview. Mm-hmm. But no, apparently this is just Ed Brubaker like spilling his guts a little bit. Yeah. So that so it so via his statement in con in the in the in the context of the book, there was an actual demon yeah, telling I, him to kill people. I I don't think his statement actually says that, but that I think seems, it legitimizes that view. Yeah. Because it makes it seem like the kid's actually in the right. Cause I like, I really have no idea. I like the premise. I like the premise of that, of, like, what you you said, where it's, like, a, a just a means of externalizing mm-hmm. uh, the your idea, your, your mm-hmm. motives and stuff like that. I was not on board until the very last page with that. Okay. Because, so, like, the way that I interpreted the last page was that, if this were the case where it's just like this thing that is in your brain, kind of a hallucination, mm-hmm. she just lost her best friend mm-hmm. and n- now knows why. Yes. And then she starts seeing it because she's pissed off at the world. Right. So now she's going to go off and do the same yeah. shit. That is how I read the last page. Okay. Cause that is fucking cool. Yeah. That, that allows for a potential of a, of mm-hmm. a, of a knock of a, uh, spinoff. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen because I don't want them right. to saturate this. Right. I want this to stay the 20 issues. Yes. I don't want it. Rationally, I do want it, but like emotionally, like I want more. Right. <laughs> it's an addiction <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so I, I really think that it was that, that it was the, he was hallucinating that because he saw the pictures when he was a kid. Right. But like, that doesn't explain his brother and his dad. Right. Well, I think that was more just a way of saying, look, it mental r- illness runs, runs in, in this family. family. There's something genetic going on yeah. there that helps explain this behavior. But, like, that is really specific that his brother also saw that thing mm-hmm. when he died. Was it explicit that it was the same demon or was it just a, I think like there a was, dark figure I th- or something? I think that it was explicit. Okay. Because he wouldn't have, like, lost it if it was just, like, a, a vague thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was, like, a vague thing, he probably would have gone a little more on the track of, like, okay, maybe we both just... It's a mental illness hallucination. But, like, he lost his shit about 
uh, the fact that his brother saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. And his dad, well, I mean, you can you can explain the dad thing by the dad just saw it, and then right. the kids having seen it, it's now like subliminally placed in their brains. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's along the same concept of the brother, mm-hmm. but that's really like yeah. pinpointy. On I that. actually I read the him freaking out as him jumping to the conclusion that it was the same thing that was oh that's true his that's possible. Yeah, um, I think it's entirely possible that it's just like a really it's in the context of the family. character. Yeah. Yeah, like and so this is someone that it, it the the demon if it we treat it as like a metaphor of rage at the world or something, mm-hmm. then yeah, that is something that's probably going to be consistent through this family that also has a genetic history of yeah, mental disorders. Yeah. How do you think how do you feel about them wrapping up the Russian mob thing the way they did? Um Yeah, I think it worked. Cuz like you know, I said that, and then I realized they didn't really wrap it up. They just fucking killed him. Yeah. He's just dead now. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah. Um, I I was a little pissed that that happened. Yeah. Purely because that stole my idea for the four-issue comic I had on, had on my plate. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yep. Damn um, it, Ed Brubaker! Your ideas yeah. are mine! Yeah. I didn't really buy... Some of the ending, like this idea that, okay, this whole thing, he's been just sort of voiceovering from some sort of vague afterlife. But at the same time, they kind of had to do that. Yeah. Because they needed him to die in order to have the whole thing with Kira at the very end. Yeah. Uh, But they also needed him to sort of explain what was going on the whole time. Yeah. And so they kind of wrote themselves into a corner. So I'm okay with it. Ed Brubaker, like, I read a, I read an interview with him about, like, how he does things. Mm-hmm. There is no way that he would not know that that's how it's going to end from the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, no, I, like, he just, but if the story's going to end that way, it has to, he has to yeah. die and yeah. be talking from some sort of afterlife. Yeah, and that's, like, with kind of the, the way that the story went, mm-hmm. that, it, it doesn't, it's not a twist that it's just like, well, this doesn't make sense with the story. Like mm-hmm. it, the whole thing is just like fucking with your head. Right. And that absolutely is just like, Oh, he lived happily ever after. That makes sense because he's talking. Oh. And he's like, yeah, it's psych. I'm actually dead. Yeah, yeah. This is weird. I don't know how this is happening either. I like how they played that off too. He's yeah. like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Yep. Yep. Uh, what? Oh, I really have, don't have anything else okay. into the questions well, about... Well, leading into the movie stuff, I had a couple of questions like for how it should be adapted. First off, speaking of the voiceover, how do, should we handle that like as a voiceover in the actual movie adaptation? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Because I don't want it to get to one of the cuts of uh, Blade Runner-y. Right. Because that, like, with something like this, that is very cheesy. Yeah. In voiceover's defense, there are movies where it works. Um, Lord of War is an example. It's a Nicolas Cage movie where he's like an arms dealer. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Yeah. Um, but basically, the entire thing is just him explaining stuff in voiceover. And yeah. you wouldn't think Nicolas Cage explains his exploits as an arms dealer in voiceover for the entire movie would work, but it totally does. Okay. So, I think it can be done. I think it's... It... This could really benefit, like, this being as, like, as grounded as it, kind of, as it mm-hmm. is, and as kind of in-depth as it can be, mm-hmm. I think it would really benefit from, 
not having a voiceover at all, but okay. show don't tell. Okay. Because a lot of the stuff, like, it's it the kind of stuff he like narrates is more of just like something you would think when you read the stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say at the beginning of an issue or at the very beginning, it's like, he's fucking killing this guy. Mm-hmm. And the narration is like, so I bet you're wondering like why this is happening. You are wondering that. Yeah. So in a mo- in the context of a movie, you just see the scene where he's like killing people and you're like, the fuck's going on. Okay. And it like goes way back and it kind of adds to the like, okay. And then it can just do like the kind of like tag where it's just like, days before right Mm. you can say before you don't want to say now how many days before because you don't want to put that time where you're like oh i know it's coming up because the book didn't do that right you were like oh yeah so i killed these people let's go back and then it's like this thing and then he's like oh you think it's gonna happen soon (laughs) nope here's like another three days of time of stuff that happened yeah so you can do that by just doing like putting what's on the on this on the page in the screen mm-hmm. and have us make the make those narrations to ourselves mm-hmm. like you oh, what was my i had another example shit uh where, where when like he goes back to oh yeah so you were wondering about that thing by the way like mm-hmm. oh yeah remember that this de- this detective's a thing you kind of think that in general right if you've got a full like three scenes dedicated to dylan and then suddenly it goes back to the detective you're like oh shit that's right oh, yeah, she's right. doing she's things saying. yeah okay so it kind of does that on its own okay i agree with you 100 percent that the voiceover where it serves a narrative function like that could be yeah. cut basically entirely but i think also a lot of it is there to give psychological insight into Dylan. Okay. To be like, okay, this is his worldview. Cause a lot of I it is just him ranting about stuff can be, well, okay. Yeah. There is a lot of ranting. And rather than force that into a, like a couple of awkward expositional discussions or something, I'd rather have that be sort of a constant thing. Yeah. Cause like the other, the other thing I was thinking of is like when he's realizing stuff, mm-hmm. there's very much that narration that he's like realizing things. But you can, if you have a good enough actor, mm-hmm. they can do that without words. Right. Like, it, it fucking happens all the time in good yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I I would need to think about the the way that they would do his kind of, rant, oh, excuse me, ranty stuff. Yeah. Because I would, I would do it as a much more restrained version of what they do in the book, where he's like, you see him walking down the street and he kind of does this whole monologue thing and then they go into a scene and it stops. Yeah. So you have little breaks like that or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's a... I've got two of the three things that the narration does mm-hmm. taken care of, but yeah. I don't know how to do that one. Yeah. I, I do think it is important. I do think we need a window into his head. Yeah. And the it's kind of hard to do that mm-hmm. a lot without sounding super cheesy. Right. So it would have to be like very much trimmed. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also... You, there's a danger with trimming it too much that you get to a point where it's like he says at the beginning that he hates everything and then he doesn't necessarily show that through the rest of the movie there's no reinforcement of that yeah it just feels like an out of place scene yeah. so there has to be a balance of enough where it doesn't get cheesy or stupid mm-hmm. but also it like can't it can't do that it can't um it can't just feel like a little one-off thing yeah 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's nope. something that'll take better minds than us to yes, figure that out. Probably. <laughs> Hopefully they have good actor or good actor and good directors and producers that yes. will know how to handle that. Yes. Um speaking of trimming stuff, do you think there's anything plot wise that needs to be cut out? No. Yeah, because I I was thinking about this like even as I was reading and I was like, this is really tight. Yeah, no, it's super there is no there's no, there's not enough stuff like everything is super pertinent to the plot. Yeah. That whether it be developing something in his in the way that he works mm-hmm. that will come up later essentially yeah and there's not enough like extra stuff that can kind of create plot holes right. by existing there's nothing like that and yeah no like everything being 20 issues and having that full story developed mm-hmm. ed brubaker kind of had to be super concise about the way he did things right so I'm sure he went through and cut things and there was oh, yeah. like is- entire issues that he was just like, oh, yeah. don't need that. Yep. Yeah. So. So yeah, I, I think probably something that turned into a two hour movie pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. Just as is. Yep. Okay. Um, Let's see. I didn't have any more questions regarding how to get it adapted. Do you have any more thoughts in that direction? Uh, I'm wondering how they're going to do it style wise. Because mm-hmm. the style played a huge part into yeah, it was very black and white with some red, mm-hmm. and like the only and like and really kind of like toned back colors, right? Like it's very muted. In, yeah, any any of the colors like the blues, the the orange, like the red hair of Kira, mm-hmm. stuff like that was very muted, right? But then when the when the demon came out, it was like fucking look colors and like yeah. like brash colors, yeah. So there's got to be kind of like that level of like fucking put saturation at zero, like in Dark Knight or in um, uh, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. where it feels super muted and you're kind of like uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. You've got to kind of feel uncomfortable because you want to put it, put yourself yeah. in his shoes. And then like when the things on there, it's just like pump the saturation. Yeah. You're like, oh god, <laughs> what am I looking at? It's like a different level of uncomfortableness because it's a okay. it's almost a juxtaposition ju- juxtaposition of tone mm-hmm. that you want to like whenever he's on the screen you gotta like fucking pull it. <laughs> okay. So there's right. that. Okay. That's all I got for that one. All right. Should we move on to casting? We can move on to casting. All right. So let's start with Dylan. Uh, I have in my notes that we need someone. Uh, relatively young, so probably no older than early thirties. Uh, oh yeah, God no, he's like just out of college, isn't he? He well, he's older, so I think he's like twenty seven. Is he? Yeah, because they specify that he's a little older than a lot of his peers. Oh okay. Um, uh, we need if we're gonna do the voiceover, we need someone who has a reasonably good voice. Yeah. And we need someone who I think is not super attractive. I think that's part of the character. That, yeah, there was there was very much of that. Okay. Um. So I have a couple of thoughts, just like these were sort of the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. He's the Dane? he's the dude from Chronicle. I, the I main, mean, I saw that. main kid from Chronicle. Okay. Yeah. He seems too thin. He is. Yeah, he is kind of thin. So it would be it'd be a change from the actual look of the character. Oh, he also plays Green Goblin in the and Spider Man right. Two. Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah. Um, he's. He's a very good actor if you let him do his one note, which is really bitter uh-huh. and uh, that's very borderline much sociopathic. What... Yeah. So I, I think he'd probably be like the right fit for the character. Yeah. It fits his style. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, my other one, I like this one better. Uh, Barry Kogan. 
Barry Keoghan. How do you spell that? K-E-O-G-H-A-N. Keoghan. Oh, not He's... Drew. Not Drew Barrymore. Nope. Barry yeah. Keoghan. Yeah, he was in Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Um, he was in Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, which he gets to show his psychopath side a little bit. I don't know. I don't see it too much with his face. Okay, I thought his face was the right shape, but <laughs> I don't know. He's also a great up-and-coming actor who can definitely pull off uh, angry and psychopathic a little bit. Okay. Um, couple other... Who's the guy that plays... Uh, I, tr- I was trying to find him, but every time mm-hmm. you would say one, I'd have to search. Because I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm on IMDb, so I can get a better yeah, yeah. understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, played Ramsey Bolton. Oh. Uh, it's a... Ian, Ian, Ian Rion or Rion, something. Rion, yeah. I think he could do it. I could see it. He's yeah. got kind of the blocky face, black mm-hmm. hair. Uh, obviously, can do sociopath really well. Yeah, so he's a psychopath. Good, he's a good enough actor that he could pull it back. I think. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Like it's yeah. it's not hard to pull back that level of psychopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, except that's the only thing Dane DeHaan can do. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's supposed to, he's in Valyrian and the City of a Thousand Planets, and he's supposed to be like the main charming dashing and it still comes off as psychopath. it still comes off as vaguely psychopathic no, I... <laughs> um i had a couple other options uh adam driver came to mind but i don't remember why i was thinking that anymore uh i can see the angsty yeah he pulls off the angsty really really well and that's mm-hmm. something that he could like just be like fucking everything's the worst i mm-hmm. want people to die kind of that personality mm-hmm. but I don't think his face fits really well. I also okay. haven't seen him with short hair. Yeah. He's pretty much stuck with the long hair. Yeah, he was he was a less option. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Cole, who you wouldn't recognize, he was in... The only thing I've ever seen him in is one episode of Black Mirror, Hang the DJ, for those of you who have seen He was in Green Room. Oh. Yeah, that's right. He was in Green this Room. Guy? Yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. He's, I don't know what his acting is like because I haven't seen anything. He's, he's pretty good. Um, he can do... It, well, in, in the episode of Black Mirror he's in, he's kind of awkward. Um, and I think he could probably do psychopathic. Uh-huh. Uh, and he seems like a pretty good actor. Okay. Um, what about Henry Cavill? Ugh, too charming. Way too, like, well, I... He's, he's a good enough actor, though, no, like, you I, think. The thing is, like, he's... I don't know. He's too... <laughs> he's not bad enough at anything he does to be that. Okay. Like, I've never seen him be psychopathic. Mm-hmm. Even when he's the villain, he's still like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. I could, I could buy it. And he's also way too attractive. That's probably, yeah. And he doesn't, and I he's guess too, he's, he needs, he's he would have to, burly. he's too burly. He would, yeah. have, he's, I think he's too tall. He's okay. too strong. Like, nah. All right. He's too, <laughs> he's too <laughs> perfect to be Dylan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I had one more, this is kind of an out of left field pick. Jonah Hill. I could see it. Yeah. Because he's actually a really good actor. What if he just, like... Have you seen, like, those videos of, like, can Hollywood please be nice to Jonah Hill? Mm-hmm. What if he just took all his rage at Hollywood and just put it into the movie? Yeah. And he's just like, you're Conan for saying I smell weird. You're this person for asking if I'm still the fat actor. Look at me! <laughs> yeah. Well, he can he can definitely take off weight. He's done it for roles before. Oh, yeah. And I, he looks great right now. Yeah. Well, he's doing that Netflix show that I keep meaning to start i don't know if it's actually out yet hmm. something yeah no i think anyway I'd, yeah I'd be on board I, I like with that so i think i think for me it's probably between uh barry kogan and jonah hill maybe mm-hmm. dandy han what about cillian murphy i think he's too old 
It's also Killian, but is it Killian? Yeah. Damn it! I thought it was Killian, but all the Killians I know start with a K, and I was yeah. like, maybe it's not. <laughs> and also, that's a weird name. Anyway, yeah. he'd be really good fifteen years ago. Okay, I don't know what he looks like now, but like his head, his headshot. Right. Oh, he's definitely way too old. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen years ago would have been great. Yeah, like circa Batman Begins. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Like his yeah. headshot is definitely from then, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, no, I I dig that. Yep. Uh, oh, fuck, I had one other person. I can't remember who it was, so I'll maybe come back to okay, it later. Okay, come back to it. So, um, on the flip side, I think Kira needs to be very much like this sort of perfect ideal, almost. Yeah. Like, she's got, his, her, she's got her issues, but in his eyes. In his eyes, she's perfect, yeah. Yeah. Someone that... And also, kind of mothering, because... Like, well, so, someone who bit. can pull off mothering, especially yeah. because, like, in the, in the fake-out... She was very mothering and like right. taking care of him. Right. Um, definitely someone who knows how to handle distant, kind of mm-hmm. distant friend. Okay. Or something like that. Yep. And I also have, can cry. I have two options that I think are quite good. Okay. And then a couple others. Uh, Natalie Dormer. Okay. I could see that. Because she can do, I think, all of the above. Yeah. No, She's... I think her kind of, and also like. And subtly badass. Yeah. So, and that's definitely, like, I'm yeah. just, it's not subtle in, in um, Game of Thrones. Right. Well, no, it is subtle. Yeah, I, maybe not, like, I she's mixed, definitely got, like, a roguish charm I mixed her, her up with I'll the actress that, that did, um, uh, fucking, really. Nice. What? Don't know. The fucking, uh... Ah, Peggy Carter's Sharon Carter. Oh. I mixed her up with that actress again, yeah. so I was like, I was thinking, she is not subtly badass because she's just badass. Right. But, yeah, in Game of Thrones, she's definitely, like, subtly badass. Right. And kind of, like, but, like, she's more sinister in Game of Thrones. Just a little bit. So, And that's not something that Kira is? No, but I think Kira, like, well, for one thing, she does have her own issues. She would definitely, at the very end, she could definitely pull off, like, one of the looks she does in Game of Thrones where she's, yeah. like, coming to fuck shit up. Yeah. Just, like, right that last picture, or that last image in the yeah. in the mirror. Yep. Definitely. Yep. So I like that one. Uh, the other one that I was really excited about was Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa. She Whoa, was the White Widow from Mission Impossible Fallout. That's not Vanessa. Vanessa Kirby. She was the... White Widow from Fallout. I don't know. She was also Princess Margaret. I remember when I pointed that out to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's a little old. How old was Kira? Kira? Uh, Again, like mid-20s. Maybe. I don't know. That one's kind of in the air for me. Okay. I don't really have a firm stance on that one. All right. I really like her for that. I think she can do... Um, I think sort of the tone of her character in Mission Impossible that scaled back a little bit mm-hmm. would be a good version of Kira. Okay. So, um, the other ones, uh, Hannah John Kamen came to mind. Um, Hannah John Ghost. Kamen. Ghost. I think she'd be a good detective. Yeah, I also have her on that list. I think. Okay. What's her what detective? Lily. Lily. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think well she's a she's a really good actress. I don't want to hear anything by the way about the fact that I can't remember their names despite it being my favorite thing the yeah. story because I'm shit with names. Yep. 
<laughs> like, I will draw a blank on Bruce Wayne. Good lord, I almost said Gordon. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I, I constantly, when I'm around him, keep a sticky note with my name on my forehead. <laughs> Just Where'd have to go. Do What's your... Who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, and then my, my last thought for Kira was uh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because like we're looking for like the the perfect the person, perfect right? ideal, everything. right? So yeah. ideal, oh, absolutely, Henry Cavill, yeah, yep. Okay, um, uh, the next role was Mason, so the roommate. I I really don't remember him all that much. He like he really just kind of played this almost faceless cocksucker character. Okay, that like you didn't really see very much. So okay, what do you got? Uh, Miles Teller was my go-to. Miles Teller. Okay. Whiplash dude. I could almost see him doing Dylan. I could see it also, yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. I thought he'd make a good one for Mason because he can definitely pull off douchey. Oh, yeah. And I can kind of, going to the Whiplash, I can kind of see him, like, kind of the person that breaks under pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. He can pull that off. Like, like, oh, my God, everything's going on at once. Like, I'm fucking snap. Ah." Yeah. Kind of like frantic anxiety Mm kind of stuff. Um, another thought was Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones. Oh, I don't know if you'd recognize him from anything. <laughs> Landry Jones. Really? How did this <laughs> never come up? Holy shit. Uh, it's yeah. just a side, really side note. Landry Jones used to be a quarterback for OU, which is where we both yep. went go. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones. I don't know if you'd recognize Three him. Three billboards oh, yeah. outside. He was in Get yeah. Out. He was the, the son. Still haven't seen it. Oh, that's right. I could see it. Yeah. He's... He looks like he could be a brother of several people combined. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of names. Like, I got, like, <laughs> Donald Gleason, Andrew Driver, Conan O'Brien. Like, yeah. I got a bunch of names in my head. Yeah. I was looking at him like, wow, he looks like a, conco- like a concoction of, like, nine different Hollywood actors. Yeah. He can also pull off, like, a little bit arrogant. Um... Oh, he was Banshee. Okay. And X-Men. Oh, the yeah. That's right. Yeah, I knew that. The new ones. Yeah, yeah he's he's pretty good. Uh, I also thought of Joe Cole, again, the Black Mirror guy. Uh-huh. Um, I think he could probably do both. Uh, and then Henry Cavill. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, he can he can pull off charming, but he could He, he would can not. He just, for the one scene when he almost, when Dylan almost killed him, mm-hmm. would not be Henry Cavill. Oh, that's good. I didn't, yeah. Henry Cavill cannot get the shit beat out of him. It is yeah, fucking impossible. Work. Unless you just shoot him in the face with a green gas. Yep. It's the only time you can beat him. It's a it's an impossible mission. Even then, say. he still looks like he's like, fucking... Really? Uh, <laughs> I am an angel. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So that's all I had for Mason. Uh, moving on to Detective Lily. All right, so you mentioned Hannah John Kamen, which I like that, uh-huh. again, for Lily. Uh, another thought I had, I really like this, Tessa Thompson, actually. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maybe just because I love Tessa Thompson? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about what we want in a Lily, and I think we want someone who is definitely tough and charming and also maybe not like a, I don't know, supermodel necessarily. Yeah. Not to... Not to denigrate yeah, Tessa no, Thompson. Definitely not. Uh, but I think that the point of her character, she is not supposed to be attractive to anyone necessarily. She, there's never really a romantic subplot with her. Or, yeah. That's that's not really part of her character. So I don't think we need someone like ridiculously 12 out of 10 attractive. 
Um, so Tessa Thompson, I think, can do all of those things. Um, another thought was uh, Sylvia Hoax. I don't know how to pronounce that. She was the evil assistant from the new Blade Runner. Sylvia. H-O-E-K-S. Okay, I vaguely remember that, but I need to look at her. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every actress has always done a rom-com, but not oh yeah. every actor has. Pretty much. Man, that is... That's usually how that goes. Fucking double standards. Yep. Uh, Henry Cavill, I think. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can do... He can do... You, you talked about the, the character needs to be sort of charming and be able to... Okay, that's like, where... You, okay. Yeah, that's, that's where I made that connection. Yep. Um, and then my left field per, for, pick for this which I'm actually really intrigued by, would be Anna Kendrick. Possibly. Yeah, because we've never... She always gets typecast as the Anna Kendrick character. The clumsy, like, char- like charming little girl. Adorable little like, Anna Kendrick, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, Give her a role where she's just like, fuck this guy. Actually let her act a little bit. Yeah. Because oftentimes comedic actors do really well mm-hmm. if you let them, like, step out of their vein. Yeah. Um Foxcatcher from a few years ago uh, was like this super good dark drama starring Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, and Mark Ruffalo. Huh. <laughs> all right. Yep. And it's all of them turn in fantastic dramatic performances. Yeah. So Jim Carrey's done some really good dramatic work. Um, well, Robin Williams. Down that line. Well, not down a comedian line. Never mind. I went through like three different things because I went like uh, Kate no kate mckinnon yeah yeah that's who cheetah is now right she's a no that's uh kristen wig kristen kristen wig yeah wig wig is it wig wig wog wog (laughs) kristen wog uh but then like i went to gal gadot could potentially accent is off but like well then again it's a writing thing we don't know her accent yeah i think she could do it is she too attractive I don't see Lily as unattractive, though. I don't see her as unattractive. I just think that if she were attractive, you, it might change. feel like it was changing dynamics somehow. I'm just going to put this out here. This seems very sexist. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't think, like, I mean, I don't want to choose an actress based on the fact that she's not attractive enough to be a lead role. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, like, I I think that all the actresses that I mentioned for Lily, I, I definitely think Anna Kendrick is super attractive. Yeah. Um, but I I think that the, the point of that character is that she's not a Lily. She's not a just like the ideal girl. She's more like a I'm going to get stuff done girl. Yeah. And being attractive, it feels hyper attractive. It almost feels like it could distract from that. Okay, I I don't agree okay. really. All right, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's kind of a harder one to land. Uh, um, fuck, just drew a blank. Uh, Amy Adams. Okay, yeah, yeah, she does a pretty good. Yeah, I thought detective. of her. For, I thought of her, but forgot to write her down. Yeah, she does a pretty good like detective mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? I think she could be a good for both, but she's, I think she's a little she's old for... She's too old for Lily, old I think. For, Lily's the detective. No, oh, yeah, yeah, Kira. Kira. Too old for Kira. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, I don't know. That's all I got for that one. Okay. Uh, that's all I had for that one. Now uh, the fun one. The only one I had to cast laugh with is the demon. Yeah. Was the demon. Basically, I think for that, we just need a voice. There, I have two options. Okay. I have five. Except one of them's dead. Andy Circus. Oh. What? Dude. Mocap. You can't do a mocap without Andy Circus. I was figuring they would just do like either like a puppet or a full CGI for the demon. Because the demon's appearance is not important. It's just the voice. Yeah, that's true. So I well, but he still has a voice. voice. He still has a mouth and eyes. He does eyes. have, yeah. So you need to get the, I, I don't want it to be just like, ba, 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 talking. I want the actual like mouth. Yeah. There. But I mean, you can, you can put mocap dots on anyone's mouth and it'll be fine. That's true. It's not that much actual like face acting. And the other one is, uh, purely because I like the sound of it. Uh, Benabetch Cumberdick using okay. his sp- smog voice. I could see that. The deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For this one, I want someone like really growly and yeah. biting and yeah, it's probably going to get manipulated and post a bunch. And then anyway, you got a but... uh, fucking, the uh, fucking, uh, Oh, God damn it. Okay, do your list. It might be on there. Okay. Um, well, the one that immediately came to mind was Reg E. Cathy. Re- mm? Huh? He Who? was in uh, House of sh- Cards. He's in Luke Cage Season 2. Look him up and you'll recognize him. Okay. R-E-G. Uh, Reg E. Cathy. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he has like a hyper gravelly voice, and if he gets angry about something, it's just dripping with bitterness and it would be perfect but he died in march so oh. or no february what died on my birthday oh yeah. only 59 yeah okay so that's disappointing because he would have been perfect yeah um i also like the idea of ron perlman yeah he can do gravelly he's done a lot of more voice heavy stuff yep um john bernthal was kind of an interesting one I think he's got too much rasp in his voice. Okay. I like the idea of rasp for the demon. Okay. I, I'm not a huge... I, I kind of actually, like, I read this... Remember way back when we did our... Oh, my God. No. This is fucking crazy. Remember last week when we did our episode on, uh, like, what storylines we wanted to do? Oh, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. And I showed you the voice oh, for yeah. Anti-Monitor? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would read it in. Okay. In, like, the... And for people who don't know... You just listened to it last week, but as a reminder to us, because we recorded that months ago. Yep. Uh, it, it's the voice of the the Reapers of of Sovereign from uh, Mass Effect, mm-hmm. and it's got this. Um, it's got it's got a robotic voice, and I would definitely want to take that out and make it more of kind of like a a shadow sound. Yeah, like uh, the sound you think of when you see kind of like shadow that like there's kind mm-hmm. of like a hiss to it and like almost a fire sound to it. Yeah, like the crackle of the fire. Yeah, I had this very specific voice in my head. Oh yeah, me too. And it's almost all CGI voice. Yeah, you could probably do with anybody's voice. Yeah, honestly, you could. What about Idris Elba? Oh yeah, he's I got didn't a even deep think voice. Of that, but he's got a he's got a real quality voice to him. Because you get like a I, I you really just need a deep voice and then add some like honestly really. I want a deep voice that you add a vibrate, like a a, a rattle to, so it kind of makes the vibrations more pronounced, mm-hmm. almost, and then add an undertone of fire to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is basically how I imagine the voice of the demon. Because the demon, like, in the pictures is surrounded by fire. Right. So it almost kind of, like, it's reminiscent of a Balrog. Mm-hmm. 
where it's like smoke and fire and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like you get the the feeling of being in hell when mm-hmm. he's on screen. Yeah. So that's kind of I, I really like the uh, the thought of like kind of the 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 lowness of the rumble of like if you think of like a big fire mm-hmm. the sound it makes yeah. along with like crackling of like little fire kind of stuff yeah okay that in his voice all right it's so specific <laughs> but it's in my head you know who else has a nice deep voice who henry cavill <laughs> i would do it yeah um i actually did have one other uh kevin michael richardson who you won't recognize probably because he's mostly a voice guy but he showed up on one episode of how i met your mother that i happened to watch last week Kevin Conroy, the Batman voice, the iconic Batman yeah. voice. His voice, he knows how to do the low voice, and then you do all your little edits to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, I it wasn't the name wasn't on there. Sorry, I just totally talked over your oh, last yes. one. I don't know what he sounds like. Uh, he's well, he's in How I Met Your Mother. He's um, he's got like a really powerful deep voice. Who did he basically. play in How I Met Your Mother? Uh, he's a one-off guy. Stan, who shows up for one episode and helps Barney and Marshall write love poetry to, to Ted. I don't remember that at text. all. Um, I, God damn it. What's his name? Green Goblin from the original movie. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. There it is. Okay. Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. I'm, sur- I'm surprised. That's why yeah. I was like, I can't remember, but I'm g- it's going to be on there. Yeah. Hey, I completely you got the forgot about him. He's good. Psychotic though. voice that, like, he doesn't have the depth to the voice. But he's got the quality. But he's got the quality, like, the kind of the the fingernails on a chalkboard kind of voice that yeah. like you want with that where every time he talks you're just like ah i want to go shoot a mobster <laughs> <laughs> yeah give it a little depth and a little a little fire yeah Literally. absolutely yeah there you go guys yep we'd be great at casting so good we should we should cl- apply, apply to become we should have die <laughs> that's probably true all right uh last thing we have a director attached but i also had some thoughts okay so I think... i'm bad at directors so this is yours okay. also we're at an hour 10 minutes okay. i was expecting us to go short but this is a fun episode yeah this is good <laughs> all right so chad stahelski's already attached he's one of the john wick guys so okay. he can do sort of a dark noiry tone and also really good stylized great action so i think he's a very good choice mm-hmm. but in case he drops off the project which is entirely possible considering how little we've heard since yeah. it was announced um we tossed around Zack snyder actually as an idea before yeah which the darkness and also his ability to purely adapt right is good uh i am almost at the point now with him though that i don't want him to do it mm-hmm. because i'm nervous of like maybe it was just like happenstance that the, the two that mm-hmm. he did the two good ones he did were pure adaptions and then like he's actually just not a great comic book director uh, yeah i don't know but I- I think there's risk there, but I think he's not a bad choice yeah. if he sticks to the story. I don't know, because... Yeah, well, he wouldn't be writing story. No. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he did... Well, that's kind of... He did Rorschach's journal talk, uh, voiceover. Yeah. So that... He, he doesn't make that cringy. Right. Him, he made that work. Yeah. So. Of course, Rorschach's... Dude, now that I fucking think about it, he'd be Jackie a pretty Roll good... Haley? Yeah. He'd be a pretty good... A lot of the characters. He'd make a great Lily. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but he could do a really good voice for the... Like, he's got, like, a rasp. Like, he's got that growl. he got the growl. It's His rasp is a little different from um, yeah, uh, John Bernthal's rasp. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little more sinister. Yeah. 
John Bernthal's is kind of just charming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd I'd see John Bernthal's charming after watching Game of, or watching Walking <laughs> Dead. Yeah. If, how far have you gotten in that? I'm about four episodes in. I'm oh, watching okay. it with Hannah. So you so. haven't gotten to the point where you're like, I want to fucking kill this guy. No, I really like him so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll want him dead after a while. Yeah. Um. So we talked around Zack Snyder. Uh, the other one I thought of that I actually really like is uh, Jeremy Selnier. I think that's how you pronounce it. No idea. He directed Blue Ruin and Green Room, which I've seen and is great. It's got sort of the visceral Nope, Killer Be Killed does not have a color in the name. But his, his upcoming movie is Hold the Dark. So, damn it! <laughs> what? Fuck! That's another one of my stories. It's literally called the dark. God, damn it! <laughs> uh, I need to start writing these things so people don't take them. Yep. I mean, you can call titles that are That's like true. other titles. Yeah. I'm gonna make a movie called Lord of the Rings. Okay. See what the fuck happens? <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna go well, I bet. Uh, yeah. So he's really good at the visceral violence, which I think is probably an important part. Yeah. Well, see, like the thing about this is like. It's the movie needs to be really well. Like the plot is where it is, mm-hmm. but it needs to just like on a dime go like super gory he for can, like a few seconds. He can do that. <laughs> he can do that. Green room is very gory. Yeah. For brief intervals. It's also really tense. He's good at like building and sustaining tension. But this one doesn't really have a, t- have a tension thing. I I mean a little bit like things. It's more of like and... just confusion and like in a constant state of like dysphoria, basically. Yeah. Well, I think he's just he's a very assured director, and I think he's he's probably just someone that would fit the tone. So okay. I think he's good. Um, and then my last thought was uh, Henry Cavill. Turns out that directors actually or actors like oftentimes if they end up directing a movie, it turns out they're really good at it a lot. Like Ben Affleck's actually a really good director. Mm-hmm. Um other examples that definitely are coming to mind right now <laughs> uh john krasinski john Kras- oh yeah john krasinski yep him that one <laughs> yeah no he's he's really good yep uh so yeah i think henry cavill like clearly he's a smart talented guy so sure let's just give him a movie see what he does we need a music score <laughs> henry cavill <laughs> legitimate thought on that um what's her name hilden goren's daughter i think uh, Sicario 2 soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's also and doing the Joker. The Joker, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, something that... Uh, this is definitely not a theme thing. Right. You want to avoid themes. Yeah, and she's not theme She's... Because I would have wanted Johan Johansson, but he also had to go and die, I think, also in February. Honestly, I could... I could probably see this movie going well without music at all. I could see that. Like, that would be actually kind of cool. I've always had that thought of, like, a movie that... I mean, they exist. You need to watch No Country for Old Men. Does it have no movie music at all? It has music in the sense that in a couple of scenes, there's like a synthesizer playing a really low, quiet note for a little bit. All right. I'm going to go find that soundtrack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's... that's what my brain uh, yeah, sounds no, that, like. This movie would be probably really good without... Because a movie that's a comic book uh, that, that is this good... This comic book is so good that it doesn't require any external, like, uh, what am I, uh, sensory stimulation. Yeah, it doesn't require that. So, like, and some movies do where you acquire the music to build the tension. Otherwise, it's just like a guy looking into a, like, looking at a thing and it's dark. Yep. But, like, if there's things building, you're like, oh, shit, something's about to happen. Yep. But this one, like, it doesn't need that. It's just the existence of the plot is what it needs. 
nor is it something that needs like big grand john williams style themes yeah it's so self-contained and so noiry and yeah you don't want to waste a level. theme on yeah. something that it's never going to come back yeah so either some like minimal themeless scoring right i really like no music idea yeah it's a good thought all right well okay. is there anything else we got to talk about that i think we've made this movie we've made the movie all right we we expect director credits or at least producer so what are we credits. gonna what are we gonna do with if down the line like what what are we gonna reward us well ourselves like what's the ratio or what's the uh point mm. system essentially i think if we get we get one point for all the casting options i don't think we'll worry about director because they actually do have someone attached yeah um say if we get a majority so three out of the five that we cast then we can go get ice cream how about that deal all right want to go get ice cream i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh okay well well again next week is time uh is scenes that actors or that cameramen are the real stars yep times you're impressed with cameramen or should yep. be impressed tell us about it shall we we shoust. Oh, my episode was awesome. Thanks for everyone for listening to us rant about Kill or Be Killed. If you haven't read it, I'm not going to apologize for spoiling it. We told you we were spoiling it. Yeah. Uh, if you skip to the end to hear the end stuff, thanks for sticking around for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can, Why? <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can like and subscribe and follow and leave reviews and do the various things. So please do all that uh check us out on facebook if you want to tell us about cameramen or what your thoughts are on kill or be killed you can also hit us up on twitter we're at justice losers pod we're also have an email at justice losers pod at gmail.com so if you want to write your entire three-page treatment of how the kill or be killed movie should go probably that's the best place to send it uh please attach as a pdf um where else are we? We're on Instagram now. We occasionally post pictures of things. We do. We haven't done it in the past two weeks, but because we really haven't done anything that's pertinent or yeah. like that's applicable to yep. this. Maybe I'll take a picture the next time I'm watching Jack Ryan or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take a picture of something that's like uber spoilery for something. Yeah. To fuck with people. I'll wait till like the climactic episode and I'll show like the main character, one of the main characters dying or something. Yeah. It'll be good. Uh, so check us out there if you want stuff spoiled. Also, just check it out because we'll post funny pictures and stuff. Yep. Uh, I think like Open Window Man. Like Open Window Man. Oh, so. I was pretty proud of that one. I was just yeah. like, hey, look, this is a fucking yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. It's good. It's good. All right. All right. I think that's all the things. Thanks, guys. Uh, Don't forget to tell a friend. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Yep. Which people have. Uh, so, real quick, tell a friend and then enforce them to get to listen to us. Yes. I have a lot of friends who have told their friends who would totally listen to this and like mm-hmm. actually enjoy what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but they never have. So right. fucking strangle them until they listen. Yeah. So we need a lot of locked rooms. We need a lot of high-tech sound systems that are just playing us on repeat. That's what we need. Yep. Man, we are masochists. Yep. Really? <laughs> All are. right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm, you know, just fucking Isn't bye. Isn't it sadists? Huh? Isn't it sadists? Oh, yeah. Also, bye. <laughs>